1: Hey, everybody, Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about unlocking the power within, nurturing mental wealth in the workplace. We are here with our guest, Lauren Polly, who is an expert in the mental wealth space. Hey, Lauren. Hey, guys, how are you? We're fantastic. JC's here too. Uh, We're all in different areas of the country right now with different um, heat waves or lack of heat waves, which may or may not be affecting our own mental wealth. (laughs) <laughs> I know it is mine. That's for sure. Hey, I want to talk a little bit. We actually started talking about it in epi- the end episode two about, uh, you know, self-improvement and personal growth. You and JC, were talking about, you know, personality styles and personality traits a little bit more traits, uh, the introvert extrovert and the avert And I write about that in my second book as well. And, you know, I, I think this is a perfect opportunity to kickstart this conversation on, on, in order to improve ourselves in the mental space or any other space, we first have to identify what our, you know, what our strengths and challenges are. So is that something that you do when you're working with people who are coming to you with uh, mental wealth issues? Absolutely. Yeah. And even when I go into
0: corporations for consulting, there are so many different quizzes you can do. Some are very short. Uh, one that we've used at the hospital environment that I've been working in for a long time, where you can take a personality quiz. They have different categories. And the nice thing when you do that as a group is you can learn about your team. So how you function, how you like your communication strategies, and then also what you look like under stress so that people around you can start to identify and hopefully be not only self-aware of what their triggers are, but also self-aware and aware of what their coworkers triggers may be too. So sometimes it's like, I don't want to get too personal. And I totally get that, but this is so innocuous just like, hey, are you extroverted or are you introverted? Are you someone who is analytical and goes into your head or are you someone who's very extroverted and needs a lot of like chit-chat to be able to pull out? So there are tons of different tools you can utilize for that, but I find that's very uh, helpful for your own self-knowledge but also in a team dynamic as well.
2: It poses a question that just came to mind. I do have a staff for you, but question for you real quick based on what you said there, Lauren. So when, when mm-hmm. we're talking about being in your own head, and you're in the workplace. If you know that this is one of your traits and it's something that you might be doing, or you might be working on to overcome, if you have a coworker or a boss or supervisor pull you aside and and start to just let you know, hey, get out of your own head, and and they kind of rail in on you a bit. Is that helpful, or are there other ways to tackle that? You know, rather than being a <laughs> nope. being a jerk. You know,
1: I heard. I just saw her lips go, no, nope.
0: <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. So my my background is as a speech language pathologist. So I've been dealing 18 years with people who have atypical communication, right? Brain injuries, autism. So that's the extreme side of it. But in my own kind of studies with that, really looking at what communication is, was just a two-sided street, meaning both people have to be aware and both people have to bend. And I find so often in corporate cultures, managers don't really do that. They have one way they interact with everybody. Honestly, you can't really do that if you wanna be an effective leader. So somebody who is more analytical, which is why you do these quizzes, just not so you can pigeonhole or like put somebody in a box, just so you have more awareness. I would know, I would see JC in his head and I would know, you know what? He probably just needs some space so perhaps I'm not going to come at him, but I'm going to say, hey, when you're ready to discuss this or when you have an idea, tap on me. Right. So he has some time to work it way way through because he has a strong mental process that's mid-process. Me trying to pull an answer out at that moment's not going to work. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. I Absolutely. Mean- And and, but but I would probably engage with Wendy differently because Wendy's more extroverted and she's more talkative. So I may need to engage her verbally to be able to work its way through. But this is what I mean. You have to be self-aware and be able to bend with everybody.
2: And and especially uh, in different settings. Right. I mean, and you don't want to lie to people, especially if you're in a hospital and there's an X-ray technician. Don't lie to your X-ray technicians they can see right through you. So with that being said, look, 94% of millennials reported making personal improvement commitments and said that they'd be willing to spend nearly $300 a month on self-improvement. Millennials spend twice as much as baby boomers on self-improvement, such as working out, life coaching, and well-being apps. Back to you.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. For I'm not surprised by those statistics. Um, first of all, it's much more acceptable in society, thanks to millennials, um, to say, you know what, I need help, and I'm going to go get it. You know, I was just having a conversation with uh, my friends' um, two kids, uh I would say about two months ago. They are teenagers. One just graduated high school. One's a little bit younger. And they both are like, yep, we both have um, um, counselors. They do not report to our parents. We only if something really, you know, Um, concerning is happening and I just loved it that they were like yeah we have counselors we go to them every single week we we get coaching we get counseling and and all our friends do too they're like what's the big deal and I was like I love you I love you so much
0: (laughs) I think it's the fact that the, what's the big deal is there. And that's what we have to get to of like, it is not a big deal if you're struggling and it's not a big deal if you just want more. And that's, what's so fascinating is millennials are really interested in this topic, not just because I'm struggling, but because I'd like to be the best version of myself. And so being able to offer that to your employees that, you know, here in this company, we can give you the opportunity to continue to grow, not just in your role here, but perhaps as a person becoming more self-aware having better relationship dynamics, learning different skill sets. Uh, I think it's a, it's a golden nugget that can actually help with employee retention that people don't lean into enough. It's kind of like the mentation of do it on your own time and just show up for work. Yeah, uh, You're really missing the boat if you're not giving this to your individuals. I always say you empower the one, you empower the many. So being able to build up the individual will help your whole
1: Yeah, 100% agree. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening to Episode three of our five part series on unlocking the power within nurturing mental wealth in the workplace. In our next episode, we're going to cover harnessing the strengths of neuro emotional diversity. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.